Hey guys, Josh here. Just super quick, I'm recording this at home and I just heard a really interesting idea from Evo Terra, who produces a show called Podcast Pontifications about mining shows that you've already released or recorded or had published in the past or whatever it is, mining that material for useful re-releases, segments, ideas, all those things, and I'm extrapolating a little bit upon what Evo put out. I thought considering my next guest that was due for release is Stargate Pioneer or SP from Better Podcasting, maybe I should put out the episode I did with SP about four years ago. This interview originally came out on a show called Podcaster's Survival Guide, and we covered a lot of TV-related podcasting stuff, And that was kind of how we started off our more recent conversation. So it should give you some perspective on what was happening back then and maybe what's happening now. And more importantly, maybe what hasn't changed. So if you're doing a genre TV show podcast or any kind of fandom related podcast, here's SP from 2017. Here's a previous potentially less skilled version of myself and a different space and a different recording environment and all those things. So it's going to be a little different, but I've got it there. I think Evo's idea is fantastic. And this is SP and myself. Let's travel back in time to 2017. You're listening to Dead Set Podcasting with your host, Josh Liston. This is a show dedicated to podcasting in Australia, New Zealand and Southeast Asia. Follow along with today's episode over at deadsetpodcasting.com. Okay, here we go. It's about television shows. I mean, I do a very niche show, which I'm really thankful you've actually listened to it, and I think you may have said it's half decent, so I really appreciate that. But uh, you're, you're doing slightly more general, maybe more after-show type things and breakdowns of the themes and that sort of stuff of the shows themselves and the storylines. When it comes to podcasting about TV, what's it like to start a show knowing that A, the lifespan of a lot of shows now is quite short, but that the source material has a definitive end point. You know that it's going to end. Like, how does that factor into, do we do we start this show? Do you have to wait to see if the show is strong or do you just go with your gut and think, uh, the team's good, the cast is good, let's get behind this from day one? How does all that type of consideration work for a TV podcaster? If you're podcasting on a TV show, you're going to have to be passionate about it. So you're going to, it's going to have to be subject matter that you enjoy. And I think that should be your ultimate determination factor is, are you going to enjoy this subject matter? Like for me, I would love to have the available time to podcast on the expanse. It is awesome. It is straight up my alley. I love sci-fi and it's realistic sci-fi, even though it's set in the future, it's set in a realistic future, one that could happen both scientifically with the technology that is shown as well as the political landscape and how people uh, have evolved to live within the solar system in space. So for me, that would be the the nirvana of podcasting. I would love to pick up a show on Expanse, but I just don't have the available time for it. So at the time, though, five, seven years ago, the big thing was comic book shows. And I started podcasting on comic book shows because I was interested in it. It was pretty cool. And it was as close as I was going to get to sci-fi that was available. If you're a fan of like CSI sort of stuff and uh, crime solving, I would, would encourage you to pick up a, a show that you're interested in on that. 
and podcasts on that. The other thing to think about is if these shows last, even if it's four or five years, it's going to be four or five years that you're devoting your life specifically to talk about this show. So you're going to have to like the show in order to continue the podcast. And I'll give you an example of something that happened that uh, people had to turn away from is the uh, the Walking Dead. I podcast on the GunnaGeek.com network. A couple of my co-hosts on the GunnaGeek.com show, Chris and Steven, had a podcast on the Walking Dead and their interest in the Walking Dead waned because the show became something that they really didn't like where it was going. They uh, had issues with the show and they wanted to stop. And unfortunately, they had to stop doing the podcast because they stopped watching the show and they all had other things to move on to. But it is a painful decision to have to decide that. So if you're going to podcast on a TV show, I would think the number one thing that you have to consider is, do you like it or not? Now you asked some very astute questions on, uh, what are other factors? Like, is it a good cast? Is the, uh, pr- production team behind the scene, the showrunner, the executive producer, the writers, are they good? Yeah, I definitely would have to go with that because, And I'll give you some examples lately that I've run into. I will no longer watch a show that has not been on the air for three years in good standing on the networks of NBC, sci-fi or the Fox network here in the United States, because they have a tendency. They have a tendency to just cancel shows willy nilly uh, and not put their full weight behind them, even if they're great shows and they just want to move on to something else. They all want to find their next The Walking Dead or their Game of Thrones. They want to get that 20 million watchers per episode. And and unfortunately, it's just it's not going to happen. Not all shows are going to get 20 million uh, views. So what's the most comfortable thing to do? I, I don't know. Is it 2 million? Is it 5 million? Is it 10 million? I don't know. But they seem to be canceling shows before their time these days. Just when shows get to their end point about year number three, where they're really starting to pick up networks go, eh, we don't want to watch it anymore. So (sighs) I'm stuck in a position of really wanting to watch the show. And I feel like I've been let down by the network. So in order to prevent that, I just refuse to watch shows until year number three. So that's a consideration as well is, uh, what networks the show going to be on and the creative team behind the show. Otherwise you're going to be in a area where the show might be canceled. Now, with that said, I do have a friend who actually started the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, uh, Beef, who started a podcast on Westworld. And that is, well, before we're at the time that we're recording this, it's before I think season two has come out on HBO of Westworld. So I think he's pretty solid there to have a good podcast for a few years because the show's just that good. Yeah. There's those unicorn shows, I guess, that you just know they'll probably just run as long as the team behind them is happy enough to make them. So <laughs> I guess right. one thing about, I mean, the fact that you're on here is a unique situation for me just to vent about Fox as a network. Most of my favorite, like if I was to say the shows that I would want to sit down and rewatch and I couldn't watch anything else, a few of them have been canceled by Fox specifically. So that's when it comes to the podcaster, do you think that it's worth doing a little bit of research into the general feeling of certain types of TV genres on certain networks? For example, Fox tend to just cancel things 
very much on production cost, more so than on audience numbers, anything like that. They're yeah, they're not on the pulse of what's going on that particular network, but just say just maybe a more clued in network or a network that should be more dedicated to the genre, say sci-fi. They just either don't have any actual sci-fi or they just chop it. <laughs> so and I know you've done a show in the past, I think, that may have been chopped by sci-fi, one of your podcasts, maybe the first one that you did. Do you think it's important to know something about the network that's I mean, it seems like a lot of upfront research, but I think knowing that you may be podcasting about something for 12 episodes or it could be 88 if they go, you know, into syndication type numbers. Just say you were to start a new TV podcast, what were the few things that you think you would do now, SP, knowing the way that that universe works? Would it be different than how you've done it in the past? It would. I would read all the background material on it I could beforehand, and I would definitely do research into the showrunner and the uh, the main writers that are involved in it. And if any of the actors have had poor reviews and previous experiences, I might question the casting part of it and possibly even the execution. So there's a lot of research that I would do beforehand. And now that said, if you are new to podcasting, and you don't have a subject to talk about, but you just want to try podcasting. Podcasting about a TV show is already made for podcasts. Even if there's 20 other podcasts out there on that specific show, you could start a podcast on it and you'd probably get viewers or listeners to it. And you can learn a lot about how to actually do a podcast. You can learn about fair use on, can I use clips from the show? Can I use songs from the show? That sort of thing. And I think it would be a very valuable educational time for the individual, whether you're 50 years old or five years old, you can learn how to podcast. So I think a TV show is a great subject to learn how to podcast on. And the better show, TV show that you podcast on, the better off you're going to be eventually. And remember that show on HBO? Well, I don't know if you even have HBO down there or not in Australia, but there was a show on HBO called John from Cincinnati. Made no sense to me whatsoever, but got great critical reviews. And of course, it was canceled after one year because nobody understood what the show was about. And it just had great actors and it was on a great network. Okay, well, what's the point of the show? I can even tell you to this day (laughs) what the point of that show was. So I I would definitely uh, look at those aspects before you choose what you want to podcast on. The very first podcast I ever thought about doing and it was when I bought my first lot of equipment to do a podcast. It was actually in 2008 or nine when I thought that one of my favorite shows is Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles. I know it's a pretty niche type of underground show, but it has its fans and I'm one of those people. And I thought, okay, that's what I'm going to do a podcast on because it survived through two seasons. It looked as though it had survived the writer's strike and the show itself, if you take the time to watch it, it's a real you know diamond in the rough. I thought I'm going to start one on that. And then I found out when I started to research when the third season was coming that it had already been cancelled in favour of a few shows that I personally think are weaker. But it took me a long time to realise that that kind of killed my momentum at the time. But I think you're right that knowing that you may not actually have to podcast about this thing forever, that there will be a natural stopping point, doesn't actually have to be a negative. It can be a positive that, okay, this show... Just say it's based on a book like the Shannara Chronicles at the moment, which isn't going all that well in the ratings, but I'd read the books before that I saw the show. There's only 
a very small amount of source material within that Shannara universe that actually focuses on the characters that are in the show. So they're not going to be able to, unless they start basically making complete, you know, storylines up out of nowhere. That won't be a show that's going to be five seasons because the core characters only feature in a small amount of like the actual source material. So if I was to start one today about TV, that might be a show because I've got some interesting background about it to SP. I don't know if that matters in the TV world, but I think the fact that I've read the books and I can have maybe a slightly different take being an Australian who's in his thirties, as opposed to, you know, the average MTV fan, which I would assume would be possibly a more female oriented audience. That's younger. I may actually have something, you know, unique to say about it. Does that factor in to your decisions when you're helping people with TV shows? Do you actually have something interesting to say about the show or do you just let people roll with it? No, you actually have to provide some sort of beneficial content. You have to have interesting background information, uh, research. Like if I was to go back and do a podcast on the Stargate series, which I've very much would like to do at some point in time in the future. And there's a few other series that I would like to do retro podcasts on. I would definitely do a lot of research on, and it's something that we do even now with Starling Tribune and Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. on the weekly basis. We go in and we try to do our research into for like the creative team behind the series, behind the individual episode, see what they have done in the past, try to find out any interesting quotes that they might have had about the episode and if they have any specific storylines that they're familiar with. I mean, there's one particular director that is usually brought in when there's heavy action scenes. So when we see this director on the docket of directing an episode of whatever show that we are looking at, we're expecting action. There's a couple times that it hasn't happened, but Kevin Takeron is his name uh, specifically. So we're looking for Kevin to bring the action to like a Marvel or DC show. And there's a few other out there as well. Uh, Bam Bam. He, he goes by Bam Bam. He's great for action. There's a writer, Speedweed, that we're pretty familiar with that when Speedweed is involved with the specific episode that we know it's going to go a certain way. So having that as a background is instrumental in being able to provide unique insights into what's going on on screen. So you're not just talking about the actual story, but you're talking about the whole scope of the show. And if you're able, like in Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., to bring somebody like Lauren into it, who has just this, she's an, a human encyclopedia, and she just brings out the most interesting, relevant things that have nothing to do with the show whatsoever. But when she talks about, has everything to do with the show. So you come away with this just great, unique perspective about the latest episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Inhumans or The Defenders on Netflix or whatever. And I'm, I just feel very honored to be able to podcast with her because she's able to bring that to the show. And it's one of the reasons why the, sh- the show has been such a success. It's not because of me. I'm the monkey flipping <laughs> switches. It's because of the great knowledge of Lauren or the great quips of Haley. I'm literally on that one, the monkey flipping the switches. So, yeah. And if you get that reference, by the way, that's from Lost in Space. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's a pretty awesome uh, introduction. If you're thinking about a TV show podcast, I think we've covered it pretty well there, but I'm pretty sure that SP would be open on Twitter to any questions about the specific genre. If you're listening and you do have some more, I actually have one last question for today, SP, that's also to do with TV. One thing I really appreciated about 
the depth of research that you guys did during most, I think the only show I've listened to in its entirety would have been probably Voices of Defiance. That was a show I actually really, really enjoyed. And it wasn't just that you guys did that research, which was appreciated as a listener. It was how well you guys handled your interviews because there's other networks out there and may or may not have the word buzz involved that literally feels like all they're doing is just recapping every single scene that happened during the show and that's it. (laughs) And I've fallen into the trap at different times of listening to stuff like that where I'm like, okay, I'll just watch the show. I'm pretty sure I picked up on most of that stuff. So the depth that you guys added was great, but it was also when you were interviewing people, you avoided going into crazy fan zone. And even some of those big networks that do a lot of television stuff didn't handle interviews the way you guys did. And do you think that comes from maybe your personalities or was it because you felt so comfortable with the material and maybe had some background on why certain choices were made for casting, direction, design of sets and all that stuff? Did that make it easier to avoid the crazy fan zone when you were interviewing, well, let's call them famous people? Well, one thing to remember about famous people is they're just people. So you just want to talk to them on an interesting level. You want them to be interested in the conversation. You don't want them to sit down and say, oh, this is another interview. I'll go over my talking points or stuff that I've talked about before. No, you don't want that. You want just to have an interesting conversation with them because that's what your listeners want. They want to know uh, the interesting things about the people, about the process, about uh, anything that they can't get from seeing actual on the screen or stuff that hasn't been talked about on their panels. Cause a lot of these people go to actual conventions and give panels on their TV shows. So you have to do some research ahead of time to know what these people are like outside of the show and what they like to talk about. And then just be interesting. You have to prepare. And this is something else that a lot of other people might not do is you actually have to sit down and do research and prepare and then script. You don't have to go off the script, but script where you want the conversation to go. And if the conversation goes somewhere else, you follow that conversation somewhere else. But you listen to what they're saying and you respond like you were with your buddies at the bar on Friday night. Or if you're sitting around your table gaming, if you're a a tabletop gamer or a video gamer talking with your buddies, that's the sort of conversation that these people would like to have. And so just make it interesting for them and make it interesting for your listener. And it will be a nice conversation going back and forth. We actually talked on Voices of Defiance between Shannon, Sean and myself about how to handle these interviews. And both Sean and myself had had experience interviewing people before, either for work or Sean was a previous podcaster. And he podcasted it on uh, Galactic Water Cooler, which did a show on the Battlestar Galactica reboot series. So they they got a great time talking to a lot of these actors and creative individuals uh, that were associated with the show. So I knew where Sean was coming from and I knew where I was coming from. Shannon was learning along the way, but so we had to sit down with Shannon and actually game plan each interview with her and say, okay, this is what we're going to talk about. This is what we're not going to talk about. Some people will come to you and say, I am not going to talk about X. So you do not talk about X because if you do, they will shut the interview down. And I'd much rather have 
some good audio to have on my show rather than just say, okay, I'm done here. Bye. And I've definitely seen and heard that happen before. So you just got to kind of play by the rules a little bit and have as much fun as you can. That's getting back to the golden rules of hobby podcasting. Number one is have fun. So make sure you're having fun and make sure your guest or your interviewee is having fun. Definitely. I think from because I'm doing on the bubble podcast, I do go out and try and source interesting bits of material from different interviews. And once again, SP actually allowed me to use some of their material from Voices of Defiance, which was really helpful. <laughs> but I was doing an episode on the show Grimm recently, and there's a character on Grimm, Sean Renard, and he's played by Sasha Ruiz. And he's a very attractive middle-aged man. He's probably six foot five and is in an excellent physical condition. And I found two different interviews with him because he was seen to be a little bit more in the public eye. I'm not sure why that was considering he wasn't the absolute main character, but the audio I had of him, there was one group of people that had him in studio and they just couldn't handle that this famous, really attractive man was sitting in front of them. And they would just, it literally sounded like, schoolyard sort of material and they couldn't get it back on track even though he was such a professional he was really trying to help them get over the fact that he was sitting right in front of them and just be as normal a human being as he could and it just didn't work and in the very next interview that I listened to because I was thinking oh if this guy has this type of effect on people I might not find anything that's truly usable here and the next one I found they'd done enough research this particular couple that were interviewing him to know that he loves to talk about Portland a lot. And he loves to talk about the theater a lot. So they're few questions and they may have just been honestly guide questions that might've been cut out if they, you know, just to get things wound up, they ended up being left in the interview, but that just broke down all his extra walls that he had built up. And he was a completely different and more relaxed person because the, they'd done enough research to realize, okay, he doesn't react well to the crazy fan oh my God, you're so attractive, kind of, you know, <laughs> that sort of fandom. He reacts much better to more mature conversations about why certain choices were made and how the theatre applies to acting on the television and that sort of stuff. So if it's not too invasive, what types of questions and what types of things did you talk about with your then co-host of Voices of Defiance? Like, What sort of things were you trying to avoid and what were the solutions? Well, definitely the the fanboy fangirl moments you want to try to avoid because okay, they, like I said, they're just people that you're talking to, and a fanboy fangirl moment it might be interesting once in a while, but that's not why people are listening. They want to actually hear who you're interviewing speak, so you have to develop questions that the individual can ask that is going to be the fan girl or fanboy at that point in time. I mean, we all had them on the show. Uh, Sean had the very famous uh, purple vampire fetish going on. They actually were flirting on the podcast. So that was pretty funny with Nicole. Right. <laughs> and and if Jamie Murray was ever on the podcast, Ugh. we would have had to uh, basically wipe Shannon off the floor because even when she met her in person later after the podcast twice, she had those moments where she couldn't speak to Jamie Murray. And there was uh, another actress, Anna Hopkins, who I can talk to just as a regular person, but she would be the one that I would be like, oh, wow, I want to know more about you. You know, how are you uh, 
doing in in your professional career life that sort of thing and uh i might not be able to get those questions out when i was talking to her originally <laughs> but yeah you, you know it's it's you'd have to help each other get over those moments and i'm not generally big of being a fanboy on any individual i guess that makes me a little bit special that i do get excited about seeing these shows but i don't get overly excited about like i'm a big star trek fan if patrick stewart were to walk in here right now i'd stand up and give him a lot of respect but i'd actually try to converse with him back and forth because i know he's just a normal human being that likes to have fun you know that's part of his his life so uh would i be honored to be in his presence yeah but i would know that he would expect something back from me. I guess that's another thing to think of is these people are expecting something back from you. So make sure you give them something of you in the process and not just drooling over them. I think something that you alluded to there, SP, is the fact that if these people have played an important part of your life in some respect and you're emotionally connected to the show and or their character or however that works, the occasional fan boy or fangirl moment might not actually be avoidable. Because I'll give you an example. I went to Comic Con in the first time it came to Melbourne, Australia, which would have been maybe 2010 or 2011. And I purchased a ticket to have a photo, which isn't really in my nature to have photos, with Julie Benz, who played Darla from from Buffy. And she's been in different shows ever since, but that's how I first knew her. And I I want this to sound in the most way respectful of her. She was the most beautiful person I'd ever seen in my entire life, in real life. And I was a bit uncomfortable because she was so friendly and she just walked up and said, okay, time for the photo. Let's keep this moving sort of thing. And I was just kind of went into a little bit of a fanboy shutdown. And I had no expectation of that because she was really just a peripheral character on shows that I loved. Like she, I loved Buffy, the vampire slayer growing up and, and I watched some of Angel as well. And she was on there. But I didn't expect to have a fanboy moment because I'd never really thought about her as being, you know, someone that would happen with. So I think, is it actually okay to have a few of those SP? Because they're going to happen, aren't they? Isn't it likely to happen? Yeah, it's definitely likely to happen, especially when you're talking about maybe physical attraction, because you're talking about actors and actresses that are hired for their looks and their charming personalities. So I would expect that to happen as a podcaster. If I'm looking at getting some material out for my creative endeavors later, the one thing that would save me in those instances would be preparation and also experience. So if you prep and say, okay, these are the three things that I want out of this interview or this interaction, then Hopefully that your experience in interviewing other people will come through and you'd be like, okay, maybe you'll get just one, but at least you'll get one rather than, oh, you're so beautiful (laughs) sort of thing. And I would love to meet Julie Benz. It's funny that you mentioned Julie Benz because just today or yesterday, Stephen was flying back from Vancouver and he was flying home. Julie Benz was in the airport and he had no idea who, who she was. And we were talking about that back and forth going, I have no idea who she is. And then I brought up, she actually posted an Instagram said, Hey, I'm here in the Vancouver airport flying out to Hawaii. And he's like, Oh, that's who that was. I'm like, yeah, that's who that was. So not just, (laughs) just remember, not everybody knows everybody. Yeah, that's it.